Hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. It's What's Up Wednesday. Wow, can you believe it? It's that time again. If you are new to listening, Wednesday is the day I like to talk about what I'm up to, in particular with my gaming, my preparations, games I've played recently, perhaps stuff I'm reading, bits and bobs that I've picked up or discovered. Just a smorgasbord of chat. So I hope this episode finds you well and thank you for tuning in. So the Tuesday game, let's kick off with that. That's run by Arfed. It's a face-to-face group and it's a kind of um, Beckme or Rule Cyclopedia D&D inspired card driven game. It's a hex crawl. It's, it's basically, from what I can gather, Arfed's got this big old hex map, populated it with a load of different sites and we're uncovering the map and crawling around, exploring, basically. We recently found a, a village, or yeah, a, a village, a small settlement. We, we did a bit of role-playing with the locals and struck a deal for a share of any treasure that we find uh, he revealed some hidden locations that we were not aware of. It's kind of a glorified rumour, I guess. And uh, we have been exploring those leads, one of which led us to a a, a goblin cave. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool little location, actually. It's, it's um, our fed gets these maps for Roll20 and uses Roll20 at the table. It was running a little bit slow the other day, which I, I remember thinking at the time, if, if I was the DM, that sort of thing really irritates me. I don't mind so much as a player, but if I feel there's something slowing down my my game, it really, it really grates with me because I always want this smoothness. But... That's just a little personal hang-up of mine. It wasn't too bad, but I think what it was, was because the image was three layers of map, uh, I think that was causing a few problems. Because what it was is a bit like the Goblin Town in The Hobbit, where it's walkways, and you could sort of see from one level, you could see bits of the lower levels. And at one at one point, we actually, instead of taking the stairs between levels we kind of like jumped over the edge and um, dropped in on some some goblins that were on the level below that that was a pretty good feature of that map that you could uh, do that sort of thing quite easily and because of the way it was portrayed it it encouraged that kind of multi-dimensional kind of 3d thinking moving up and down the space as well as around so that was quite an interesting development uh, it seemed to be a particularly good session. It it ran very smoothly. The kids seemed to have a good time. Uh, we was a bit down on numbers. I don't know if that meant that everybody got a little bit more of the spotlight. So we were down to four players. Quite often we have six. So things like that definitely have a an influence on a session. But that was cool. What else did I do? 
I couldn't run my D&D game on Thursday because my, the kids and my wife bought me tickets to take my uh, eldest son a performance up the road in, uh, in Milton Keynes at a place called The Stables. Went to see Philip Henry and Hannah Martin playing their little combo a husband and well, I don't think they're actually married, but you know, they're partners and they call themselves the Edge Larks. That was a really good gig, thoroughly enjoyed it, but it did mean I couldn't run DD. I'd wanted to um, reschedule, but one of my players couldn't do Friday night because they were also uh, going to a music venue to check out a gig as well, so that didn't happen. Saturday, I was lucky enough to jump in to ICRPG Altered States running with um, Jason Connolly. And when I say uh, I jumped into, this is actually the second session that I've played. It's a, a great bunch of guys, and I, I don't know what it is about that game. I don't know if it's the setting or what, but I just really find it quite fun. I like that cyberpunk vibe we were kind of well we had to we had to travel to new shanghai there was a little bit of cool wheeling and dealing to get some tickets to jump on a plane and get there and um, it seemed there was some double cross going on because we went to uh, we had a, a a meeting arranged to hand over some data and clearly somebody was out to get us we were lying low, and these these uh, like it seemed like the feds turned up, all tooled up with body armor and weapons, and uh, we tried to uh, dodge out of an encounter with them. Barney of Loco Ludus, he he's a decker. He hacked into some network, and we convinced them to kind of call off the attack. And then we were just getting away and we got into the corridor and uh, we saw they were there. They, they started to come towards us and we, we panicked a little bit and it all kicked off. Grenades were thrown, many rounds of ammunition were expended. Things were looking pretty rough for a couple of the characters, but we managed to, we managed to get away. Uh, but it was a blast. It's a great session, really enjoyed it. Kind of, uh, it moves along very smoothly. Uh, it's just fun. We were we busted. We, oh yeah, we found some goodies. We found some loot, and we were busting out these crates. Found some really, uh, really dope loot, as they say. <laughs> At this point, I just want to add. I, I'm not convinced that I really uh, give Jason the credit he deserves. They just made it sound like it runs smoothly because uh, we're using ICRPG. But hats off to Jason. He he's, uh, he runs a very calm kind of game he doesn't get uh, he, he doesn't seem to lose his cool he keeps it calm and uh, just um, yeah just calm man and nice nice and smooth on a technical level he's using zoom for like audio visuals and I know people are interested to hear how different uh, referees run their game so yeah he's using zoom and we we have no problems with that at all. It's very, it seems very stable. That the sound and everything is fine. He also uses Roll Twenty, but basically he just has a kind of a picture up 
for a little bit of atmosphere and then if we uh, if we meet up with NPCs and you know he wants to show us anything he just drops images on the roll 20 and um, some people use digital character sheets I've just got a, a paper one well it's not actually paper it's on my tablet it's it's from the book and I just I've just written on it with the stylus filled it out like that but uh, Ian, who plays with us, has made or is working on uh, a character sheet so that we can we can use it. I think it's gonna. I don't think it's in Roll Twenty. It's just like um, something technical that you can download some sort of file. <laughs> I am out of my depth talking about this stuff, so I won't anymore. So Sunday came along and after a little bit of confusion about the changing of the clocks on the other side of the pond, myself and Arfed jumped into Carl Rodriguez's game. He's running uh, the Broken Lands using Orcs of Thar and the um, D&D Beck Me rules. We are basically a, a gang of humanoids we are running a bit of a kind of, well, at this point it's, it's more or less organised crime or it's a sort of um, a power struggle between gangs in this uh, big city. We, um, we've, we've taken out one faction, more or less, stepped into a bit of a power vacuum there, allied, allied with a couple of other gangs and last night we were doing a, what am I talking about? Sunday we were doing a raid on, uh, I think they're the Bro, what are they called now? The Bro, oh, I can't remember the name of them now. Broken Tooth? No. This this bunch of, um, they're mostly hobgoblins and bugbears. They had this mill in a, in a riverside location. We sailed our, our boat up there and... Uh, jumped them, attacked them. We had a, a two-pronged attack. Interestingly, um, TJ, TJ Drennan jumped in the game. Haven't played a game with him for a good while now. Last time I played, it was in Cody's Barramay, so it's good to get a game in with uh, with Cody. And Jason was in that as well, so I uh, got a game in with Jason Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, there was Arfed. Uh, TJ was playing a kobold we give him a wand of paralysation, so he was kind of like um, artillery support, if you like. Uh, and he was in command of our goblin bowmen. They took the southern... Uh, they, they, well, basically, they kicked off the assault by firing from the boat onto a bridge. He then took the boat into land and kind of uh, riled up the hobgoblins, drew them closer... And then once they came out of the woodwork and they their, um, came out of their structure to find out what was going on, you know, the alarm was raised, they came running. We jumped in and attacked them from behind. Uh, TJ fired some paralysis across a stretch of water and tied up, I think, about four or, four or five guys with that. And then at one point it looked a little bit iffy, like... Um, I was a little bit concerned about our plan, but it all came out in a wash. It was a, a raging success. And, uh, yeah, we played out the 
the session kind of celebrating our victory and a little bit of skullduggery and um, intrigue was revealed. We were approached by someone who was working for the king uh, in the city, on the territory, and that now means that we've been approached by the king and secretly approached by the queen who who don't get on. So we're it's looking like we're about to get stuck in the middle of some kind of intrigue. So that'll be good to see how that pans out. So that was a great session uh, with Carl. It was kind of almost like a almost like a skirmish game really. It was a bit different and, and quite tactical. Made a good change. The other thing I've been doing, of course, is developing my Jungles of Cholt campaign. We've played two sessions now. We're going into the third session on Thursday. It looks like the players will still be in Port Nyanzaru because they're just getting a feel for the place. And I don't want to rush them through it. There's plenty to do there. And I've got some, some ideas, one of which is a kind of... Uh, uh, there's a, a colourful gang of tabaxi that I want to introduce. Uh, when I say there is one, this exists purely in my head. I I, I can just see this scene of these um, these cat folk, kind of around the the bazaar, maybe taking expensive items and and chucking them around to each other and doing a bit of juggling. You know, they're like a maybe like a roguish band of entertainers super dexterous super acrobatic and then maybe for, for because uh, my daughter's character is a tabaxi she she kind of like latches onto these scenes and i'm i'm thinking maybe to get one of them to like f- throw a vase or some kind of valuable object at her and then she's kind of got to decide what she wants to do you know she's going to try and catch it or whatever and of course whatever happens she's going to be implicated in, in that, that scene at that point and I think it could be fun I've got some more ideas about where that might go I um, I also well I've been resisting jumping on the DMs Guild because I know there's so much tempting stuff on there but they've got like a, a DMs Day sale on this up to 40% on various things and I thought well I don't know I might pick up some of some of the things that I've been umming and ahhing about for a little while. So one of those is the Tomb of Annihilation Companion. It's by Sean McGovern, and it it's um it's got generally good reviews. There's a few people that moan about it a little bit, but I was interested because it's a little bit. There's a little bit of a railroady section if you, if you ran it as written or. Uh, is it really railroady? It, it, it is a bit, perhaps. But what it is, it, there's like 30 days of planned out jungle travel. But I was thinking, really, that you could break that up, split that up, and it seemed like a, a re- some really nice ideas for encounters and stuff in there. And I'd heard about that, and I thought, yeah, I'd actually quite like to get hold of that and see what the designer or the, the writer has done. The other thing, uh, he has expanded on the jungle racing section of, of the Watsy book. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll see what he's done with that. Turns out a few of his ideas were pretty similar to ideas I had. 
but that was that was still kind of interesting and he also added in a, a, a different way of doing things something I hadn't considered where the the locations are kind of set you just move through location after location but instead of the 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 group of racers becoming disjointed you just kind of they each kind of get a score for each stage and then you do away with the problem of kind of trying to run npc dinosaurs and one thing and another but i want to talk a bit more about that on friday i've got a call in from barney and i'm gonna deal with the call-ins on the friday show uh, it's called what's up uh, no something for the weekend what am i on about Something for the weekend, and that'll be coming on Friday. So a little bit more chat about dinosaur racing there. But I'm derailing myself. The other, f- the other thing that this um, Tomb of Annihilation companion had in it was uh, an idea of these water slides, these kind of tubes that link locations in the city around. And there are these these water elementals that provide the the um, the transit through these 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 tubes these wooden tubes it does sound pretty far-fetched and i was thinking i don't know man is that a bit or is that a bit much or a bit too cheesy but i'm going to lean into it i think the kids will love it it'll be be a little bit of this water park theme in port nine zaro and uh screw it i'll just throw it in there for fun and and see how that goes I mean, what can go wrong? Just a bit of fun, but it did did sound a little bit uh, far fetched. I also picked up the uh, the on the DMs Guild. There's these Guild adepts. They're kind of like, well, what's his favourite designers, if you like? Um, they put out an Encounters in the Jungles of Cholt, and that is just like most of them. I had a quick look through it. It looks exactly like a a five e book. It's laid out all the same, very polished looking. And it's, I think there's 10 or 12 sort of a page to two pages of ideas set out as an encounter. And it's the type of thing you can just take a few of them and sprinkle sprinkle them through your, uh, you know, like your... Because it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a hex crawl, a bit of a sandbox. So you can just drop stuff in if, if you're short of some inspiration or short of something to do these like fill up the gaps and I, I thought yeah I normally like that sort of product I haven't read too much of it but what I've read so far seems fine nicely laid out easy enough to follow so I'm cool with that and then the the third one I picked up was Ruins of Mesro this was by Doyle Rutenberg and Intracasso, they were the writers on that one. And this is giving some more detail to a place called Mesro. It's quite significant in the setting, but in the in the in the Tomb of Annihilation book, it it's only dealt with very briefly. So this expands on that location. I haven't had much of a look at that yet. That was quite chunky. And I'm going to save looking at that till perhaps 
it's looking a bit more likely that the characters might go there. They may well not go there, but I'm thinking to develop this Chult setting and use it potentially for multiple campaigns. So it'll just become another setting that I maybe run people through every now and then because I just really like it. Perhaps perhaps when I've got it out of my system, that, that might change, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But the good thing is, and what I should say is, all, all these three products came to like under $10. It's about £7. So under $10. I thought it was a good bargain. They're all very pro- professionally done. Uh, I can't say too much about the content yet, but certainly look inspirational. Generally, the art is fine. It's it's nothing that like really grabs me as uh, mind blowing or anything. But some nice some nice stuff. If I was going to be to- re- like real critical, I'd say the the Tomb of Annihilation Companion. The artwork was not so great uh, as the other two. But it's fine, you know, still very nicely done. And as, as, a, as a product, it's certainly better than anything that I've put together, which doesn't say a lot, but <laughs> it, it, I don't want to run it down, is what I'm saying. It, it's fine, it's solid. I was just about to button things up and finish there, and then I realised that on Sunday, the other thing I did that was pretty good fun, it was a little bit of a nostalgic trip down memory lane was went down to our feds and we set up well he set up ready for us uh, space hulk so we played the old 89 version of games workshops space hulk if you're not familiar with it a space hulk is like a big kind of wrecked spaceship floating through space Uh, the space marines go on missions to clear these ships of gene stealers you get like in the box you get i think you get a couple of squads of marines and like loads and loads of these plastic gene stealer minis and it's all laid out on kind of corridor tiles and room tiles with little doors on standees that uh, you follow a, a map for the mission you set out your your floor plan matching the mission and it gives you some fluff explaining what's going on, what your objectives are, so on and so forth. You play against the clock and this is I, I think this is the first time that Sun, Sunny has played a game where there's that level of tension or a board game and man it was a real real blast. As I say, Sonny, this was the first time he'd seen the game or got involved with it. I think he was kind of, kind of couldn't believe uh, quite how ex- <laughs> exciting it actually turned out to be. So, yeah, uh, it's one of my favourites from back in the day. It's just so atmospheric and you get these kind of stand-up die rolls where you're on Overwatch, the aliens are pouring down this corridor towards you and um, if you you roll two dice to hit, 2d6 to hit them, you need fives and sixes, but if at any time you roll a double, your weapon jams, and normally, if the aliens have got enough action points left, 
pretty much that means game over, man, because um, in hand-to-hand combat, the gene stealers tend to rip the marines to pieces and there's no sort of like wounds or damage it's just like uh one and done you get hit you're out uh, and it's the same for both sides but it uh, it's just such a fun game and i think you can get versions of it nowadays on uh for your phone you know like app versions i've never tried it but um yeah just wanted to mention that before I leave you. Well, that is it. I feel like I've chatted on for plenty long enough. I would like to say that I'm still messing with these episodes. It's a constant process of making changes and trying out different ideas. And if you think these uh, What's Up Wednesday me babbling on type episodes are a little bit self-indulgent and you prefer the mix of messages and chat feel free let me know um i i've i've done this as a a bit of an experiment because i i kind of i kind of got this feedback and and i heard murmurings you know maybe some people are not so much into the messages some people really like the messages and would prefer to hear more of them and less of me. So <laughs> I, I, I've split I've split the episodes like I have done. So we've got this What's Up Wednesday and then something for the weekend on a Friday or a Saturday kind of release. I'm always interested to hear. So if you've got any thoughts on that, you know what to do. Get in touch. You can, uh, you can catch up with me on uh, Instagram at... Spike Pit Podcast on Twitter at Spike Pit Podcast. You can uh, call in, of course, on Anchor. You can email me at spikepitpodcast at gmail.com. Well, I think that's about it, really. Can't think of any other handles. Always welcome the feedback. And I just want to say thank you to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.